the Blurtopian experience, the economy of language, 1,000 words per day, Um, change of scenery, well, back to the old columns, I am in between the columns in St. Peter's Square, it is oppressively hot today, and there is not even, well, there's a slight, slight, very slight breeze. (laughs) But certainly not enough to hit the microphone like it was hitting in the um, uh, down by the river. So, uh, wow, I kind of there's a lot of different places that I think I'd like to go with this one, with this economy of language. But I think that this is probably one of the easiest ones because blurt is all about the economy of language blurt is um a, a, a crypto media blockchain system that deals with placing a certain value on what it is that you post up in in essence on your on your language on your ability to be able to express yourself we have many different languages we have spanish we have uh urdu we have um um Obviously, we have English, we have Korean, we have Chinese, we have German. We have lots of different languages on Blurt. And and this, and we have an economy that revolves around your ability to be able to share that language. But what I really intend by the economy of language is the ability to be able to put something valuable out there. And not only that, to... Um, make what it is that you want to express concise so that each and everything that you share has a value to it. Now again, this is very easy for Blurtopians to understand because it's exactly what we do all the time. But what I would like to emphasize, and especially because this is a series that came out of the recent drama that we were dealing with, um, I wanted to emphasize the point about being economical with what it is that you express. And not only that, but breaking things down in such a way that the value of what it is that you're trying to express becomes ever more valuable. I'll give you an example. When all of this drama was going on, um, the opposition party, <laughs> the opposition party, and those who were, you know, dragged dragged into this um, this fervor of wanting to oppose the blurt leadership. You know, they kept going on about the foundation. Now, in 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 my desire for the conservation of energy, because economy is also about that. It's also about the conservation of energy. I uh, I took a simple concept and said, okay, is there or is there not a foundation? Now, hypothetically speaking, um, in 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 written form, yes, there was a foundation. But I equated I equated this foundation to kind of like you know when you got you know when you play those uh, games. Those multi, you know, multiplayer games, role-playing games, you know, you you go in as an individual, you can play as an individual, but you can also form alliances to create more advantages within the game. So 
the social graph foundation for me was like that. Here we have this blockchain. Here we have this crypto media platform that's dedicated to blogging and, and social media and communication. And so they wanted to form um, a group. And, you know, you can call you, well, you know, you can call you, well, you can call yourself the Blurt Mob, or you can call, you got Blurt Tribe, and you got, you know, they wanted to do this social graph foundation. Now, what the opposition party wanted to do, do was they wanted to latch on to the legal definition of a foundation. And so that way they could have their argument be pushed forward that if you don't do this and you don't do that, we're going to seek out lawyers. It was all a bunch of bullshit and it was all a bunch of bluffing that went on because it was a play on that word. It was a taking advantage of a particular language. Now, I said to myself, well, what happens if I eliminate this word? You know, in economics, in economics, what you want to do is you want to eliminate what it is that's uh, draining your profits, <laughs> right? You want to break things down so that things are more profitable. So I said to myself, okay, let, let's, let's, um, let's take a look at this word foundation. Um, what's the context? And that was the context for me. You know, Mega Drive and Jacob and, and, and Bambidi, Bambadi, I keep, I keep forgetting to memorize this dude's name. He's one of the founders. <laughs> You know, they formed this social graph foundation. Other people came along. But for me, it was just a name of an alliance. It's kind of like you, cho you choose, you, you form your alliance and then you give it a name. It wasn't an actual foundation as the opposition party wanted to uh, put forward. So eliminating that, when you go back, if you go back... I wouldn't recommend you go back. There's nothing to go back to. And read all of the stuff that was being written about. You have binding agreements and uh, we're going to seek out lawyers and you're going to, you know, uh, it was all based on this false idea that they wanted to create. Not not the leadership. The leadership didn't want to create a false idea. The leadership simply wanted to create a name, an interesting name for the project that they were engaging in. So Eliminating that, you eliminate half of the language that was being used. Wow, you actually probably eliminate more than that. I mean, the, this whole argument was based on a post that was written two years ago and the name of the alliance that was formed by the Blurt leadership. Why do I say all this? I say all this to say that when you're trying to discover the truth in an economy where language is very important... All you have to do is simply sift out what is true and what is false. You have to, and you have to be honest. Before you can do that, you have to be honest. You have to be able to look at things in an honest way. So when we are putting together an idea, when we're about to start uh, expressing ourselves, it's important to look at the language that we're about to use. And I've often, I've often emphasized this. It is important that the language that we use has a common understanding. Otherwise, we end up with a whole lot of misunderstanding. Now, um, a thousand words a day. A thousand words a day. <laughs> it's not what you think. I'm not here to suggest that anyone uh, post a thousand words a day. Uh, or limit themselves to a thousand words a day. But it was a thought experiment. Years and years ago, somebody presented me this thought experiment. They said to me, um, try to imagine, I hope that with all this noise you guys can hear me. 
I must have picked the wrong time today. It's much nicer down by the river. This thought experiment was presented to me, and what, it, what, was, what I was being asked was to imagine that for some reason, um, tomorrow humanity no longer had the ability to be able to speak more than a thousand words a day. <laughs> and, um, wow. Uh, you know, my first thought was, you know, uh, we'd have a very, you know, uh, people would use up all their words just at breakfast time. I mean, by the time lunchtime would hit, the whole, you know, we would have a, the entire city would be peacefully quiet. It would be silent. And why is that? Because people just throw words out there. People don't take care to think about what it is that they want to express and share to people. They just chatter on, chatter on. And, and, and mine is not, it's not a judgment towards people. But it's a way of saying, because we're, we're talking about within this blurt environment, we're talking about within this blurt platform, where we want to post up to get rewarded. And not only that, we also want to post up to build up a following. And you build up a following by sharing things that are interesting and that you hope will be interesting to the people who are following you and that will hopefully attract more people to follow you. So a thousand words a day, this thought experiment is that. Think to yourself, what if you only had a thousand words that you could express within a day? What words would become more important? What phrases would become more important? I could tell you right now, uh, the ones that I had mentioned previously in um, Grandma Doesn't Like Liars, uh, the ones that were uh, talked about by Michael Francis, the ex-captain of the Colombo family, uh, where he said that he, it was his father, it was his father who had been in prison, uh, who was preparing his son, who was about to go to prison, with some with with some wisdom and some very good advice. He said, you know, uh, always remember to be mindful to use the word thank you, use the word please, and use the words excuse me or I'm sorry. You know, if you bump into somebody or if, if you need some, you know, uh, could you please pass that to me or thank you very much, you know, somebody. Ha Those would be important words for me that I would... Uh, Make that I would have I would put to the side uh, a part of those thousand words for just manners, just manners, because trust me, manners is something that is is noticed. People notice it. People notice it quickly. I'm making a whole lot of friends here in Rome, and one of the reasons why I, I make these friends so quickly is because I have good manners and they say it they actually say it to me they say you know you know they, they say you know they might introduce me to one of their friends but like you know hey here's Tino yeah you know why I like this guy because he's got good manners you know um, and, li and like I said previously in a previous smartcast um, that saved me uh, a lot of hard times and I could have had a, a really hard time in prison but um, things were a lot easier and went a lot smoother because of manners. And well, I want to share something. I want to share something with you that happened to me the other day. And, it, and it's in the context of this economy of language and the importance of the words that you use or choose to use. Um, I'm staying in a dormitory for the homeless. Uh, it's called Dono di Misericordia, which means gift of mercy. It's also known as the Pope's Dormitory. 
Uh, and that's because it, it's right here next to the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel. It used to be an office space for the Jesuits. And uh, when Pope Francis became the Pope, he uh, he had it emptied out. He had he had all you know. He had the offices empty, emptied out, and he had the place converted into a dormitory uh, for homeless men. So there's the there's a kind of um, a sitting area. There's obviously there's the beds, and then, then there's an area where you can go and read and write with tables. Sometimes they have snacks, but in the corner there's um, a spot where everyone can recharge their phones. And I like to sit there in the evening, uh, recharge my phone, you know, maybe browse around on Blurt and, and reward, do some curation and, and respond to some comments. But um, in this corner where I sit on the wall, there's a map of the world. Uh, I love I love maps of the world just to see all the different countries out there and um, just there's so many places out there. So... This guy walks over, he's checking, he's coming over to check his phone, and he sees that I'm staring at the map of the world. Um, he smiles at me and points his finger at the country of Yemen. He points at Yemen, and then he points at himself, because he doesn't speak English, nor does he speak Italian. So obviously I understood he's from Yemen. And so I smiled, and so I stood up, and I pointed to the island of Sicily. And then I pointed to myself, and he immediately understood that I was from Sicily. But he also kind of nodded to let me know. He expressed to me, "I know where Sicily is. I know, I, I know, I know what Sicily is." And, and uh, okay, so you're Sicilian. You know, this is all in silence, mind you, because he doesn't speak English nor does he speak Italian. And so, and so. Um, then what I did was I, I, I continued um, with the map, and what I did was I pointed to Ukraine. I pointed to Ukraine, and he looked at me. You know, he looked at me like, hmm, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, I know, where, I know, what, the, I know what country that is. That's Ukraine. So then, then, I pointed to, then I pointed to Russia, and he said, okay. He nodded his head. And then I took my two fists and then I, I punched them together as a symbol, as a, a symbol of saying uh, conflict. You know, and he shook his head. He shook his head. Yes, yes, conflict. There's, you know, there's conflict there between Russia and the Ukraine. And then what I did was I pointed to Saudi Arabia. Then he looked at me wide-eyed. And then I pointed to Yemen. And then I placed my pointer finger over my lips and I said shh to indicate we don't talk about the conflict that's going on in Yemen he looked at me and his eyes kind of got glossy he looked like he was about to cry I acknowledged his suffering and I acknowledged the suffering of his people by letting it be known there's other conflicts that are going on. Everyone's talking about Russia, Ukraine. And, but who's talking about all of the atrocities that are happening in Yemen? So, you know, this guy happens to be from Yemen. And I just wanted to acknowledge him. You know, and he, he, he's there with, with these water-filled eyes. And he says to me, it's probably, the only word, it's probably the only word that he knows in English. He says to me, thank you. 
And then I looked him in the eyes and I said, Afwan, which is the Arabic word for you're welcome. And he nodded his head, you know, in acknowledgement. And, and ever since that day, every morning, every evening, whenever he sees me, he nods, he comes, shakes my hand. Now, this is the economy of language. Without even being able to understand one another using words, we still had an in-depth, deep conversation without even knowing one another's language. You know, all, all he could manage to say was thank you, and all I could manage to say was afwan. But it was meaningful. So meaningful that we've developed a friendship. Now, what's, what's the purpose of that? The purpose of that is to say you can do the same thing on Blurt. You can do the same thing on Blurt. With deep listening, with not talking too much, with having manners, you can create bonds with people. You can read people's posts and genuinely try to understand what it is that they're sharing and then, and then share with them a response that lets them know that you have taken the time to listen to them and that you appreciate what it is that they're sharing. So that's, that's it for today. That's the lesson for And think about the thought experiment. Meditate on that. What if you only had a thousand words a day and once you use those thousand words, you can no longer talk? What would you talk about in your day? Are there things that you would eliminate because they're just irrelevant? Are there words that are more important than other words? Think about that. Play around with that thought experiment and see how it goes for you. Okay? So here we are. We are on part three of this series tomorrow or maybe later on. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh, we come to the grand finale. I may add another piece to this, but for now, I'm just going to focus on the ones that I've written out. Because um, uh, there's also the, weaponizi the weaponization of the power down. I want to talk about the weaponization of the power down as well. Because we want to be ready for any future dramas that come along. We want to be ready the next time to not get engulfed and not be dragged into uh, other people's pathologies. Right? That's what we want to do. So listen, everyone, thank you for taking the time to listen. And uh, we will uh, be back again with another smart cast and a very, very interesting topic, brown rice and the fear of annihilation. Thank you, everyone, for the support.